You're listening to Empowered Podcast with Patrick Maguire as he has empowered conversations with great people, doing great things and helping others. Join us at empoweredpodcast.ca. Hey, it's Patrick Maguire with Empowered Podcast. And today I got a great conversation with someone who I think is truly empowered, someone who took control of her destiny and really just did whatever it took to make things happen. I am super excited for this conversation because it's a blend of entrepreneurship, sports, and much, much more. What I just want to say before we get going, I'm going to give this little intro and I'm going to have some fun with this because this is for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a sports fan, if you're you know, focused on women's entrepreneurial spirits, if you're an entrepreneur yourself, if you're trying to make a change in the world or business or life or sports, this one's going to be awesome. So let's get this one started. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fans around the world, I've got with me today, two-time, two-time Olympian, two-time silver medalist, two-time national champion, four-time world champ, Megan. Thanks for letting me have fun with that. I'm so awesome. Excited to have you here. I feel like I should be running out of the corner <laughs> or something for that introduction. So yeah, no, thanks for having me. I think this is going to be a, a great chat, a great discussion, and um, just giving people an insight into what I'm doing, where I've been, where I'm going, and everything in between. This is crazy. I mean, you did whatever it took to go from playing hockey locally and funny enough we're both very close i ride through waterdown and just so people know she's megan bozek from waterdown ontario she's played all over the world she put a big effort of her career into the u.s so megan i think it's crazy that you went and said i'm gonna play hockey i'm going pro i'm going to college and i'm going to the olympics and i'm gonna do whatever it takes even if it means playing in the u.s or canada and keep my options open so i'm we're gonna talk about that i think it's amazing and you're kind of hot off the Olympics or maybe still warm off the Olympics and a little bit of a break now, which is nice. But I got a question for you. Of all these crazy titles you got, I mean, two times several medalist, two times Olympic. I mean, who gets to the Olympics and gets two medals? That's pretty rare to start with, but also four times champion, world champion, lover of dogs, which I didn't leave in the intro. We're going to talk about that. Of all those <laughs> wonderful championship titles and all those crazy championship experiences. I've got two questions to start this thing. Which one is the most special to you? And which one was the most exciting? Oh boy. I think with any journey you're on, any path you take, every season, uh, so to speak, for sports is special in its own mm -hmm. way, whether you win, whether you lose. Whether you've hit a bump in the road with your team, it goes great, it doesn't go great. I think every year has its own story to tell. So the most exciting, that's so hard. It's every championship, every even second place or third place. It's obviously always exciting. It's such an honor to be a part of whatever jersey you're wearing. I, I think this last Olympics, um, a few months ago, was, was pretty special for me just because I had made 2014, I had gotten cut in 2018, and I just didn't give up, and I knew I had more to give, and I really wanted to fight for a spot on this team, and so I think just proving to myself that I wasn't done, I had more to give, I could be a part of this team, yes. it is very 
near and dear to my heart that I'll hold very special in, in that aspect. But 2013, I won my second national championship at the University of Minnesota. And uh, I think that was pretty special because we went undefeated that whole year. That is crazy. So Undefeated is insanely impossible. Yeah, so we uh, we went 41 and 0 to win our our second national title. So I think just that story there is something that group will cherish forever and even since hasn't had something like that happen. But but again, I could go through every season, every team, every tournament, every camp, um every win and learn a memory or learn a lesson from it, hold them good or bad, but every every team has its own story to tell absolutely and i just want to back it up for everyone to remind them like did you hear what she said like 2013 she's winning a national championship with minnesota and then 2014 she's on the olympic team fast forward to 2018 and then 2022 she's at the olympics again megan you got started kind of young and you kind of made things happen you're still young and you you got Knocked off the list, I guess, if you want to call it that, for 2018. But, okay, so how old were you when you went down and won a national championship? So in 2012, I would have been 21. Yeah, so I, I started my journey just from playing hockey. I started skating at the age of two and a half. Oh. And I have two older brothers, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my parents just threw me on the ice because my brothers were at the rink and I grew up right outside of Chicago. So just at a local rink and then uh, fell in love with the game. But I played every sport growing up. Some... Didn't really focus too much on on one sport and then just kind of figured it out throughout middle school, high school. And then obviously had to focus in more of high school and then picking a sport for college and I knew right when I walked on the University of Minnesota campus, that's where I wanted to be for, for the force. So I was I was really fortunate enough to, to receive a scholarship to play there and had the best four years of my life and got a great education. So it, uh, it's fun. It's always good stories to tell and fun people to be surrounded by all of those years and the life lessons that you learn are just as important as the memories you make. On Absolutely. Ice. That's pretty awesome too. I mean, choosing Minnesota, I guess you chose, you made a good choice. I'd have to say so myself. Did you, I'm going to ask on that one. Did you know anybody on the team or at Minnesota, the playing on the women's team at that time? Or was this just like, I'm going to play and I'm going to go to school for me. I don't care what it takes. I wanted to stay more local. Uh, to my parents, so that really left the options of Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Ohio State. Gotcha. And I just knew uh, Minnesota just felt right. So I knew a few girls on the team just from like USA festivals and camps and playing against them. Right. But uh, yeah, I, I really didn't know much of my incoming class with, and it turned out to be some of my best friends to this. Uh, it's just such a special place. I love it there. I was fortunate enough to go back this year and live in the area for six months training for the Olympics. Oh, that's so, super cool. Always fun I didn't realize it. you were training back there. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. It's fun, so, but it's very cold in the winter. Yeah, well, I mean, it's pretty much Canada. It's just sideways instead of down, right? It's not really South. Everyone says, yeah, oh, it's, yeah. it's the U.S. It's South. No, there's like 50% more Canadians living lower in the U.S. than U.S. Americans are. People don't get that. Like we've got most of the Canadian population below the border 
thanks to the South Central Ontario, you're in Waterdown. Now I'm Burlington. So we're actually, depending where you were in Minnesota, you were right in line with Burlington. So it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> it's very cold. They get a lot of snow. Um, and then once you think it's over, they say, just kidding, give you about another 12 to 15 inches overnight and <sighs> everything, everyone goes about their days just yeah. as normal. So it's something to get used to. You take advantage of your heated seats in your car and park in your car in a garage. Absolutely. All, all of the things that you can't take for granted anymore. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree. But it's great to have you back in this area in Waterdown playing, obviously growing up in the U.S., Chicago and, and Minnesota, and then playing for the women's team and I'm curious, how did you get connected into Waterdown throughout all those years of hockey travel and everything and Olympic aspirations? What made you hook up in Waterdown? Yeah, so I met my friend uh, back in 2012, and he's from Mississauga. Oh. So I was when I was done with school and then right after the 2014 Olympics, I was actually drafted to Toronto Furies, the CWA Jump. So I moved here and then fell in love with the area. And we've, I've stayed here actually ever since. So moved from Mississauga to Burlington for a few years. And then now we've made our way to Waterdown. And in between that, I played in Buffalo. So just did the commute, which wasn't bad. And then played for Markham. And that, again, the commute wasn't bad. So yeah, it's been fun just exploring this area and calling it home now. That is fantastic. And speaking of home, you obviously are in between activities. We're kind of end of season, stuff like that. You just came off the Olympics. Uh, you're home for a rest. What's that look like for you right now? Or what's the plans? Yeah, um, we don't really know how to rest. Just us <laughs> as athletes are, I mean, in general, always go, go, go with such a structured schedule. Uh, so the last I'd say like four to six weeks, I've just been a different transition, which is nice. So our bodies, our minds, everything just needs a rest and a reset. So a lot of travel with events and, and such like that, but just taking some time to be at home and just enjoy what else there is besides hockey. So what the future looks like, I have no idea, but it's kind of nice and fun and scary at the same time, just living really in the moment and enjoying time with my husband and my dog and our album, whatever is next, we'll, we'll take care of itself in the next Excellent. Month. Two things that I got to comment on for everybody listening. Well, first of all, I should mention we are live stream on LinkedIn. This podcast is being recorded. Video and audio podcast will be released in a few weeks. But that said, the two things I was thinking of, Megan, is lover of dogs. And I'll just hold on that one. What type of dog do you have? A chocolate lab and his name is Boone. Boone. I like that, actually. I think it just sounds good. Like. Yeah. When you call him, he probably just bolts out of there and it's like, that's a rewarding name. I think that's awesome. And the other thing. He, and he's named after Boone Jenner. Oh. So he kept it in the hockey world. Nice. Well played. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing I was going to say that we have in common, obviously I love dogs and um, we've got aspirations for a new one, but hockey, coaching, obviously, but I can't get away from it. I keep saying I'm not going to coach and I keep promising my boy I'll not coach. And then certain groups pull me in to coach and things like that. And I have a lot of fun doing it, but currently, uh, and this is a little bit on the entrepreneur aspirations, you're coaching a little bit on demand or as needed. Is that right? I am. I got involved with uh, Oakville Hornets years ago and I, I love it. So I've just been running practices for, for team when I've been available and then 
just running small skill and development sessions, usually in Oakville with groups of like six to eight girls, which has been so fun. I love it. I love to see girls that I had five years ago and now they're taller than me and looking at colleges now, it's just incredible to see their path and all of that. So I really enjoy that. I'll do a lot of that this summer. And then Kristen Richards and I, who we played on Markham together, we actually started a company called Nine Hockey. Nice. And really focusing on the adult camp side of it. So adults that have skated before, haven't picked it up in the last 20 years, or they have kids that play and they just really got the, uh, a lot of things like that. So it's really fun to have them um, finding their love no matter no matter the age um, or level that they've, they've played at. So that's been really fun as well. We are all, anyone that plays hockey, I would say, in most sports, we really are just big kids. It doesn't matter how old we get. It's very true. I feel like it's a sport where you never really have to grow up. And it's a, a proper uh, just finding your love for it. It's such a great sport. And if you haven't tried it, I would recommend just even going on open ice. And Absolutely. If you have a pair of skates, throw them on. Probably wear a helmet <laughs> if it's your first few times. Or you're old like me but and you still want to uh, wear a helmet. Yeah, Go ahead. I Yeah, I wear one as well when I coach. Uh, rather be safe than it's just a fast, a fun and inviting game that it's, I mean, it's rewarding in, in all aspects. Absolutely. And I do love coaching and man, I don't know when I, I started coaching before I had kids coaching hockey and football, coached high school football, but I had some kids on my team one year and the parents really didn't know anything. They were really little when they got started. Parents didn't know a whole lot. The dad sort of kind of maybe they knew, but. There was a couple of moms that took it to the next level and they said, let's go start playing hockey. I think it was the second year that we were coaching that team. The moms are like, hey, anyone got any extra equipment? I just joined a women's learn to play uh, team slash whatever. It's like a kind of like a league over at the pond. So it's small ice as you the pond, fairly local and it's tight. Shout out to the Moors, of course, they put on great programs in this Burlington area and they've been playing and these ladies they learned the game. They learned it from watching their boys play and they sort of said, well, that looks like fun. Maybe I'll try and play just to learn more about it. Now they love it. They can't stop. It's awesome. It's addictive, isn't it? It, Yeah. And I think what's special, the older crowd, so to speak, is they genuinely want to be there. No one's forcing them to sign up. They had to do all of that themselves. They're paying for it themselves. So I think that's fun because they're sponges. Mm -hmm. They ask questions. They are so detail oriented and it, it's fun to really break down in a simple task that uh, we learned years ago, but they, um, so it just, it's so, um, but you just, you fall in love with it. Yeah. I, it's, it's incredible just to hear people say that they watch the game and then they came to skate for two times and now they're hooked and now they're playing two to three times a week in the league here, here. Uh, going to tournaments now out of the province or even out of the country. So it's incredible. It's hockey really, really fun in some really cool places with great experiences. Yes. I was young and I got to travel a fair amount with hockey, of course, and I loved it. And I would say there's a couple things in my life that have made me who I am uh, prior to, well, even now, but prior to meeting my wife and getting married, of course, that's pretty big on the list. But I would say the three things that really shaped me when I was young was I played a lot of hockey and I got to experience competition. Uh, I played a lot of sports. I learned to lose and I learned to, not so sure I always lose gracefully, but at least I learned how to do it. 
the other thing was the military. I mean, putting that regiment in, it was just like playing hockey. I wasn't going pro. I didn't get a chance to go to the Olympics like you. So military made sense for me. So I did a little bit of service there. And then the other thing that was really big was world travel. Being able to travel and, and actually I traveled with hockey and played some northern Baltic countries, but I, I also got to live in England, Ireland, and France for a few summers and traveling a lot to the U S for family and for hockey was awesome. You're hundred percent right. Like we fall in love with this. We get to travel, we get to meet new people and it's all in the same element. And I mean, you've gone real big. I want to ask you, I mean, obviously it's still pretty fresh 2022. You were in the Olympics. I mean, we can't say it any better than that. That is the massive platform. I mean, you got world championships, you got Olympics. I don't know if it gets any bigger these days in hockey, but I want to hear what was your Olympic experience like this time around? I think it's pretty fun that I can't really compare both of my Olympic experiences because they were just so unique in, in their own way. So it's uh, the question I get asked daily from people because obviously what you see what you've seen in the media is what you portrayed mm -hmm. Beijing um because you wouldn't know any differently so for the record the food was a little tough our delegation did a great job with sending like pallets of snacks oatmeals wow. anything and everything you could imagine we shipped over like months in advance in the case that we we needed these things so that came in handy for sure. But once you got used to what the normal was there, they really did put on a great first class world event. I mean, Just knowing that you're in a bubble, um, you have to get tested every morning. They treat everything and everyone as if they have COVID. So you're, they'd come in full hazmat suits. They'd spray down your garbage and they'd put it in a box. Wow. And I'm assuming they put it in a box for 14 days after they disinfected it because that's the shelf life of covid when i landed in beijing my luggage got covid tested it's yeah bizarre things but they really did a, a great job and there were so many volunteers that were so willing to help and if they didn't have the answer they were asking someone else and we were we were put in the right direction so it really with given the the circumstances of the world they really did put on a beautiful event that is incredible and i remember watching a lot of it and i enjoyed it very much obviously i kind of watched a lot of hockey but men's and women's don't get me wrong but i also watched some of the other stuff going on and some things you saw there was like zero fans some things you could tell it was really just the team so given all the circumstances like you said all the testing all the protocols they went from being zero like not having this thing to put, pulling off a pretty top-notch program and being totally safe all the way around the world. Yeah. Some of the events, I think every event allowed athletes to okay. go. So that was really special. We, going into this, actually didn't think that we were going to be able to see other events. So once we found out we could go see other events, it was like... <laughs> Honestly, like the Christmas morning kind of feeling because you can go experience that. Like you spend so much time with the other athletes yeah. as well. And so you just want to support them. So that was really fun finding out that we could go to other events. But then there were local fans that were allowed. And I, to my understanding, every day they added more oh, wow. uh, tickets available. So 
it actually was really fun. We went to figure skating pairs and the Chinese couple ended up winning and that stadium was packed <laughs> and it was so fun to see like, cause it, it could have been their family, their friends, yeah. but even like local fans cheering for them, the place erupted. So that was really special to, to experience that and, and to see that with fans, like genuinely cheering yeah that was really cool to see awesome got a couple questions about the olympic theme still going along is what was the most unique experience that you had not thinking hockey or maybe it is hockey but just thinking the most most unique experience at the olympics that you went the most unique or fun or cool or exciting whatever you want (laughs) (laughs) i want some insights i want some good stuff i think honestly going to other events was so fun but i got to go to big air the men's big air final for skiing and that was incredible it was the first year for it that was really fun to see and so if you saw pictures online or if you're watching it on tv it looked like it was by like nuclear power plants yes that's That's what what it did look like (laughs) like the olympic branding i'm not sure what it was but that was really cool to see. And it was fun because Beijing usually has such bad traffic. So the left lane on the highway, which just a an Olympic lane. So it's just Olympic vehicles and buses. Oh wow. To get from to get from venue to venue. So you didn't have to worry about traffic or or any of that, which was obviously a big help. I think like I mentioned before, a unique thing uh, my luggage getting COVID <laughs> tested. Just them coming into your rooms with full hazmat suits, spraying everything down, just not touching anything. Wow. But yeah, it's I think it's unique in its own way. Every day held held something different and being roommates and teammates and you're in this Team USA building, so other athletes are there. So just getting to know them and their game plan, their regimen before they, they train or compete and just going through that. It was fun. It was um you're obviously not wanting to test positive there <laughs> but um yeah you'd wake up with a little bit of okay like haven't gotten the results oh, back boy. yet what's going on it's a new level of but just being at the olympics it's yes it brought a whole new level of like you just said anxiety you become restless hmm. you it's all your time was consumed by at some moments but then once you're done you're like all right like we made it through but then you're like okay well we still have to get out of the country (laughs) so we have to make sure like you're being safe um in in all of that but i i just think being there supporting the other athletes yeah is something special i think that's awesome and I don't mean to belittle the olympic experience or anything but i'll pull you away from the covid conversation i'm going back to hockey I'd love to hear, do you have a moment, on ice moment, that is forever etched in your brain? Or was there a crazy play that you did or you saw one of your teammates or somebody else do? Is there something that really, maybe a couple of things that really stand out to you on ice? I mean, I think losing Brianna Decker Mm. in the first seven minutes of our first, I was behind that. She's one of the best players in the world. So that was a really tough loss for us. And... I was behind the net during that play and I, I hadn't seen it. So all I'd heard was like yelling and screaming. So I didn't know really like what was going on. And I turned and 
I mean, unfortunately, that's etched in my etched in that's my mind, and she's one of my best friends. And yeah, I was roommates with her, so just helping her through all of that. And, and how I'm even, just curious. She's great. She actually just uh, started walking yesterday. What? So oh my pretty, goodness! Oh, I mean, that's so yeah, long. Fun, fun, low steps. I know it's um, been quite the process, but. The fact that she was able to was was really special. And then when she flew back, had surgery, uh, maybe a day or two days after. So a team player, a leader. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah. That it's just, I mean, just like the first goal right against against Finland and yeah. I mean, you guys had a bunch of beauties, I, I and and I almost wore my beauties bar down shirt today, but I, I opted out of that. I didn't want to go too hockey, but you had some serious beauty goals. Like it was. Unbelievable. There was some great setup plays that I saw. There was some great utilization of the defense. USA hockey, let's be honest, has really taken off. And I do want to touch more about the girls hockey because it's exploded. It's awesome. But yeah, I'm just kudos to all of your teammates for just the way you played together versus a bunch of individuals, which we did see throughout the Olympics. And we see in every team and league and everything going on. So huge congratulations to you guys. And yeah, losing Decker is right away is kind of challenging, but you guys didn't quit. And maybe it was part of her leadership or the rest of the team stepped up and said, hey, let's go at it. So again, congratulations. You guys crushed it by all accounts. I totally respect what you guys pulled off. Thank you. Thank you. It's something to be really proud of. Obviously devastating, heartbreaking, disappointing, but at the end of the day, we can hold our heads high. We did everything that we could. Yep put our best foot forward and we should be really proud of what we accomplished and amongst us excuse me hockey canada finland sweden switzerland russia like growing the game is what we strive to do and i think it's grown tremendously with the effort and with the compete of our games at the olympics and then beyond the product is, is speaking for itself oh. so it's uh, really fun to be a part it of it. And so myself being a co-founder of a sports tech company, Roster Logics, I'm watching the numbers and I'm watching performance in terms of organizations, associations, and all this stuff. And the numbers of athletes playing hockey registered into rep and house league and other things like that. We're seeing that all climb, but we're really seeing it climb in the women's category. Like you're seeing a massive influx. Now we're not soccer. We don't have that many people running around kicking balls, but the growth in women's hockey has gotten massive at all age groups. And it just seems to be picking up even more. I know that there's a financial barrier for hockey. It's certainly not cheap by any means. I mean, heck equipment alone is thousands of dollars, let alone your players fees, but you've got a real love obviously for the girls hockey. You've got connections here with the Hornets and, and you started out in Minnesota and you've had that passion. What do you think's going on? Like, why is women's hockey in the last, I'd say eight years, but in the last two years, especially I've seen monstrous leaps and bounds in numbers and in sheer freaking talent, it's gone through the roof. What do you think is going on? I think first foremost, uh, visibility for okay. it. Okay. Uh, if you can see it, then you know what's happening. Mm. So just the top, um, Getting a game on ESPN or NHL Network or NBC Sports or TSN, if people can watch it, they will. Yes. And I think with that comes, um, when I was growing up, I we didn't really have girls team until, until grade okay. eight. And I loved my time with the boys, but I think there's just more opportunity for it now. 
it's from the grassroots level, which is fun from the learn to play. I don't even know what the levels are like U7, <laughs> U9, U11, all of, all of, uh, there's just opportunity for it. And if the girls don't want to play with the boys, they don't have to, they, their own group where they feel comfortable, they can learn, they can develop and see if it's something that they want to pursue. Um, I think visibility is the biggest thing for us. And if we can continue being put on a primetime game or um, competing against the best in the world and having that showcase and broadcast, um, the sport will grow. And that's really what we're, what, what we're fighting for because we, some of us might not even see the benefits of all of what right. we're doing behind the scenes, but we're really doing it for the generations to come because we're so passionate about this game and we want to see it grow the way it is, but also being treated as professionals and having something after college. So now it's not just, all right, now what do I do now? Like, can I pursue my love of hockey and make a living and make a career out of it? So that's really what we're fighting for, what we're trying to do, but you can be it, you can play it, you can dream it, you can see in person or even watch on TV. Yeah, it's that taste, touch, feel kind of concept. When it's out there in front of you, you kind of never forget it. If you got something important on your desk when you're doing work, like maybe it's a silver medal and say, I'm going to go get another one uh, <laughs> or do better, you strive for it. It's, it's just real. It's reality. Someone like me who doesn't have that, let's just use the silver or gold medals or other bronze medals, harder for those people to say, I can do it. Whereas we're running around saying, I think I can do it, but I don't know. I need someone close to me. I need someone in my hometown. I need someone I can chat with that's gone pro or moved on. And I, I like something that you brought out. The visibility is really important, I think, but also you brought out the fact that, Hey, look, girls, you can choose to play where you want to play. And if that changes, you're allowed to pivot just like business and entrepreneurs, you, you can pivot. It's your business. It's you Inc. I think of that as you Megan. it is it's you Inc. And it's up to you to decide, okay, well, I'm not going to be in Chicago. I'm going to Minnesota. Oh my goodness. I love Minnesota. Hey, you know what? I'm going to go to the Olympics. Oh yeah. Okay. They cut me. I'm going to do it again. You ink, you're in charge of everything. And I, I love that because I see a lot of girls who do incredible in the boys category. And then they go on, go back into the girls category and they, they stand heads and toes above everyone else. And you're just like, oh, wow, she was really special. We just didn't notice it. And we all know that at a certain point, boys start to change our physical structures and stuff like that. Our testosterones, we get big and dumb and aggressive. And But it's so awesome to hear you say that, like play and compete no matter where you are, whether it's in boys hockey or girls hockey or anything in life, I think is really important. So I love you calling that out and I love you calling out. And this is for any media executives that may catch wind of this because we are on LinkedIn live stream and then the podcast and video will come out later. But you know, anyone that's paying attention to this, if you've got the opportunity to provide some high level exposure for the women's specifically women's hockey, please take a chance, fight for it, make it happen. Uh, because women like Megan don't do this. They do it for fun. But they're doing it, as Megan, you just said, for the next generation or the future generations for true total equality everywhere. And, and I, I always believe the best person for the job should get it. I don't care if you got four eyes, three arms, and you're green. If you're the best, you should get it. And I really do think that women, if you want to play in the men's category and you're smoking them, <laughs> you 
can keep doing it, but you should also have the choice to play with your peers that are equal in match. So I would love to see more exposure. You mentioned that you're coaching some women's hockey and are you focused only on the women's stuff or are you still helping some of the boys out because they need it? I, yeah, I, um, I just got introduced, I think to the women's side here, um, right when I had moved and I, I fell in love with yeah. it. I, I think it's great. And, uh, working with some of the boys and it, it's just a different development, but I think it's fun and it kind of brings me to, in the NHL right now, they are hiring women Yes, and it's not because it's, um, because like you said, she's great for the job. I agree. And of applicants and in all of that, her resume speaks for herself, for itself. And I think that's huge to see women represented in the National Hockey League, whether it's assistant general managers in Vancouver. We have Megan Duggan with New Jersey and now um, a ton of broadcasts, ESPN and uh- locally with Kendall Coins. Kendall Coyne Schofield with the Hawks and Hillary Knight working for ESPN. And I think it's so good for us, but again, it's a visibility part. Oh, good call. How did we know that this, how did we know that this was possible? Well, now you're seeing them. Yeah. You're actually seeing them on TV or them behind the scenes working. And I just think it's huge for, for us. And I think it's really going to develop into something special because we're our, our resume, whether it's so long or a page, it can speak. It can speak measure. And I think um, anyone that's applying for a, a any any type of yeah. job, um, like you said, uh, you're the most qualified for that position. You should get it, whether female, male, it, it doesn't matter. But yeah, it's really that that visibility piece. So. It's growing, it's trending in the right direction, and now it's just trying to find that league that, excuse me, will be sustainable and not just make a a quick buck here and, and see it fold in five years. Yeah. That's not what we're, we're trying to do. That's not what we're trying to push for. It's really trying to grow and, and make sure that it's set. So we can have a lead. Yeah. I think of Athletes Unlimited or Unlimited Athletes, sorry, out of New York. They've really focused on women's sports and they've taken it a slightly different approach. And um, baseball, volleyball, and basketball, I think, were their initial launches. They now have lacrosse, but it's women's specific. It is still led by guys who come from corporate world with some cash flow, but they've taken this approach that we expect our families, they don't think of just women, they think of the families to have the athletes come and practice with set days and times and run kind of tournament showcases. As we've started to see more popular with academies and things like that, we're seeing showcase tournaments rather than a regular league season nowadays. They've taken a really unique approach to that and they're flying in the best of the best women, specifically from wherever the heck they are in the country. And they're, they're pros that have either gone pro or retired or they finished college. They didn't know where they were going to go and they got an opportunity to do this. Now they've been running for a few years and they have really big back and backing from banks and brands and things like that. But I'd love to see them do hockey too. Cause well, we both love hockey. Wouldn't we yeah. all? Yeah. It's there's models to follow. And I think that's great. And you look at even like the WNBA. Wow. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And then just looking at the numbers of viewership for NCAA basketball 
between the men's and the women's. Like people are watching, people huge. are watching and they're packing stadiums and uh, a soccer game. I think at Barcelona a few weeks ago had the largest crowd for a soccer game with 91,000 people in attendance to watch the women's game. Unbelievable. So, it's a great product. Yeah, people won't be disappointed. It's just that investment in not even just monet, um, the viewership, the yeah. value that is huge. Yeah, and I think I've always found that guys love to play sports. Guys love hockey, okay? But I find that women are more passionate, not just for the current, but for the future. <clears throat> like you've been talking. You're talking about the future of women's hockey. It's a different mentality. It's I don't mean to be rude or belittle any of my buddies who are playing pro anywhere, but it's almost like a sense of entitlement. Once they make it, they're like, yeah, I made it. I'm getting paid. I'm good. Whereas the women are going, okay, I'm getting paid and I'm going to make this better for the future. I want more people playing. And then at the end, both groups, both men and women think about, okay, now how do I leave a legacy? The difference that I find is that a women that I talk to are more passionate. They're planning the legacy while they're still active. Whereas most guys will finish their career and go, oh, maybe I should do some charity stuff. Maybe I should do some more coaching. Maybe I should give back. So they think of it as legacy as post-career versus in-career, which, like I said, I've talked to quite a few women pro athletes that they think of it during career. And like you said, it was on your mind from the beginning and just grow the audience, become more visible. Do you think you find the same thing when you talk to some of the guys? I do. And I think uh, a big difference too is if a male counterpart makes it pro and they get their first paycheck, we really hadn't gotten that until 2017 when we boycotted world championships and fought for some. But even that being said, we don't sign a contract, make it, and get paid. Right. Like, we are getting paid to live. Yes, yeah, we're still struggling. And I think that's really important. Right, that's really important to note is, like, we're not, all right, this is my investment now. This is, this is what I'm buying with my signing bonus. Like we don't yeah. have that. We have, I got my lunch money. We're really fighting so we can. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have my mortgage covered and my groceries covered. And now you have to think about some with like partners and kids and other <laughs> things in your life that you typically so it, I think that's important to note as well as like, we don't have that feeling of while wow, I'm doing it for a living. I'm curious. It's things that come out of us playing. In that respect, I'm really so. curious. Is there a strong, and I don't know this, I have friends that actually own agencies and they are agents and so forth, but is there a strong women-led agency or agent program out there? Is it a strong ecosystem or is it fallen or just starting to get going? A lot of athletes have agents, whether they're men or women. I know they're typically men um, that represent us, but it's, uh, it, it's good to have agents and people in your corner. And again, what you're, you're fighting for, but also seeing your value and your work yeah. in, in, um, out, even in the game, outside of the game. So had uh representation in that matter is great. I think we're gonna have, to have a conversation offline about that I might have an idea <laughs> well Megan I'm so excited for the things you're doing I love you're working with the young ladies and getting more visibility for the game I love that you're still coaching you're still 
I don't know if you're contemplating playing or not, but you're taking a little break to reju rejuvenate the batteries, but you've got this never quit attitude. And I've just, you know, fallen in love with that attitude. Excited to know that you're super local to me, which is great. I'm going to try and make sure our local network of hockey starts to think about, hey, Megan Bozek, get her to coach, get her to run some sessions. Kids are getting into tryouts now. So obviously prep tryout sessions are big right now. I'm excited for the future vision you have for women's hockey and women's sports in general. I, I don't doubt you're going to make an impact wherever you choose to land and hang your hat. But I just, I'm going to say like, I thank you so much for this time we've had today. Uh, I hope we didn't hear Boone. So hopefully you have a lot of fun with Boone running around, but in a parting note, as we sort of think before I ask how to get in touch with you, What's one thing that you would love to leave behind for our fans and audience of all things? What's something you would like them to remember out of this conversation or something you want to sort of ingrain in their brains? I think proud of, of the journey that you're on, whether it's sports related, work, life, and um, just be proud of the journey you're on because... I think just a bit about my story with the ups and the yeah. downs. Um, I wouldn't change it because with the downs, I've learned a lot of life lessons. Um, I think it's shaping me into the person that I am today and that I want to be in the future. So uh, it, enjoying that journey and I think fighting for, for something that's bigger than yourself and like nice. people have said, leaving it better than you found it. So really just trying to pave the way and... and see this this women's hockey league in life and as a preferably come come to life so i'm very proud about it i've been through it i've played through it and in them i just know that it's growing tremendous there's something there's something big on the horizon here. so awesome i appreciate that and actually the guys from project hockey an online training app good friends of mine i'll put a link in the show notes so people can get a month or two free i can't remember what i can get for them but Anyways, Danny, he's out, in, he's out in Minnesota and Evan's in Chicago, funny enough. They're the founders there and they say the exact same thing. Leave it better than you found. It's so funny that you both have that terminology going on. Maybe it's in USA Hockey or in the water or something. I'm, I'm not sure, but it's uh, just a good, a good thing to live by. Yeah. If you walk, uh, you walk into someone's house with your shoes on when it's muddy out, well... <laughs> then you're going to have to clean it and make it nicer. Or you could just take your shoes off at the front door. I like it. It's just a, a, a different way of I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Res respect the respect what you're on and, and what you're doing. Very cool. Well, I'm going to give a little summary here, folks, for everybody to uh, just sort of remember a few nuggets. Leave it better than you found it. If you walk into someone's house, take your damn shoes off at the door. Make it better. <laughs> make an impact. And just enjoy your entire journey from the ups and downs like Megan did. Struggling from going through playing with the boys, beating the boys, and then going to college and having a great time there to fighting for a spot in the Olympics. Not once, not twice, but three times. And unfortunately, the second one set her back. Megan, you're so awesome for fighting through and getting that second opportunity at the third round of Olympics uh, for yourself. I mean, you got to take three cracks at it. You got two silver medals. You've got four championships under your belt. I mean, world championships, that's huge. You were part of the group that stepped up for women who said, we're not going to play in 2017 unless we get some equality or at least some positive direction going. So folks, remember these things from Megan. These are huge golden nuggets or empowered moments. I have had an empowered conversation, Megan. And I just want to ask you before we head off, how do people find you or get in touch with you? 
I am on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, can find my email on on all of that. But I love hearing from people. I love uh, I love all of this and sharing, with, um, answering questions and and talking to people and making those connections. Awesome. So feel free to reach out. But I thank you so much for this time. It's been a great conversation. I thank you greatly. Megan and I connected on LinkedIn just prior to the Olympics. She was probably already traveling. I'm not even sure if you were. And it was LinkedIn that made it possible. And I just said, I got to talk to this girl. I've got a few other girls that we've lined up as well from both Canadian and US. We'll see how that works out. There's not a rivalry going on. Megan's partially Canadian now, but a U.S. hockey player. But it was LinkedIn that made us connect. So feel free to reach out to her on LinkedIn. Find me on LinkedIn as well. And I just want to say thank you so much to the Empowered community and to you, Megan. I appreciate you sharing everything you've done. And I want to tell you, be empowered and have an empowered day. Thank you so much. All right, folks. And that's it for the Empowered Podcast, where I have empowered conversations with great people doing great things to empower others. I want to say thank you and be empowered. And check out what's going on. See some of our other podcasts and live streams that are going on. This is a live stream on LinkedIn. And you can pick up the podcast wherever you listen to other great podcasts and consume your content. Have yourself a fantastic day and be empowered, my friends. Empowered. A Blue Mex podcast is hosted by Patrick McGuire and does not constitute a recommendation for any organization, product, or service. Empowered Podcast may be compensated by sponsors, products, or services in this show. For more empowered content, subscribe where you get your podcasts and visit bluemex.io to join us on Discord.